0: that time again folks time for another episode of the lightning rod the show that promises not to get rusty if we go a few days without doing an episode actually i take that back we can't make any promises i'm johnny pipes
1: i'm Gannon, and we're back in the conference finals
0: Yeah, that was something, huh?
1: Who's rustier, us or the Lightning?
0: My neighbor, his name is Rusty, so he's rusty for life. (laughs) All right, folks, we're listening to the Lightning Rod. Like I said, it is June 2nd, 2022, the day after game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, your Tampa Bay Lightning versus the uh, Rangers of New York uh, I don't never understood their their name, and I don't really care to be honest. Rangers. When I think of Rangers, I think of like being out on the range somewhere, and there's no ranges in New York. I'm fairly certain they don't even allow guns there. How in the hell is there a range? How are you a ranger? I so don't know. There's
1: there's actually kind of a funny story behind the Rangers name. Um, the the owner of the team, the original owner of the team, his name was. Uh, it was something that began with Tex, but he went by Tex, and he was a big fan of the Texas Rangers, the baseball team. And um, he, you know, came to the conclusion, he was like, you know what, these are these are my Rangers, they're Texas Rangers, you know. Um, and, you know, just came to the conclusion, he's like, well, I'll call them the New York Rangers, they're Texas Rangers.
0: Are you sure about that? Is that a real yeah. story? I don't believe it. I swear.
1: It. I swear, look it up after the show. Because I, I probably the didn't. Texas hey.
0: Rangers are not that old of a team. So the, the the New York Rangers are an original six, right? Yeah, but they they um
1: they're they're one of the younger original six teams. Like they they came around in like the late twenties, I want to say. Um,
0: oh man, you know I. <laughs> well, how does that match up then? Because the Texas Rangers were established in nineteen sixty one. It could have been a different Rangers team then. You know I. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. I'm just trying no. to figure out your math. <laughs> I heard th- I heard this the other day. Um, um, you okay, might want che- as brunette would say, you might want to check your sources.
1: Check check your sources. Okay, founded in New York by Texas.
0: the Texas Rangers were, tex- were they used to be the Washington Senators. So like when the Washington Senators were a baseball team, they moved to Texas and they became the Texas Rangers. I think what you might be talking about are. The Texas Rangers, as in like the, the yeah, cops. not the baseball team. The yeah, cops. It was it was the, the
1: cops. It was the cops. That's what I got it mixed <laughs> up with. Not the not the baseball team. So um, we
0: are already off the rails, and we've been recording for three minutes and thirty-seven seconds. That's a new record, my friend. That's longer than it took for for New York for New York's Texas Rangers to score their first goal last night.
1: I'm spreading fake news, man. Um, okay, so here's the actual origin story, uh, courtesy of Google. Um, founded in New York by Tex Ricard in 1926 as an expansion franchise, the team was given its name by the New York Press, which nicknamed it Texas Rangers, a play on the phrase Texas Rangers. Yeah, talking about the old, uh, the old, the old sheriffs out in Texas. So, uh, I was kind of right.
0: Yes, I'm going to give you some credit on that one. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. Just don't mention baseball ever again.
1: I'll try not to. (laughs) I should have known better than saying it to you, too.
0: (laughs) Hey, here's a guy that doesn't watch baseball that's going to give me some baseball facts. All right, let's roll. I can't wait to hear this. I got a D for the show already. (laughs) Everything else
1: is extra credit.
0: Get in the box. That's two minutes for fake news. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, listen up. You listen to Lightning Rod, and you can call us and leave us a voicemail if you want. 727 416 0613. Find that in the show notes. Uh, You can email us if you want at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one. Uh, You can find us on Twitter. And now, thank you, Gannon. We are also on, uh, if uh, if you like your social media in gram form, uh, you can hit up Lightning Rod Pod on uh, Instagram as well. Uh yeah, if you like your grams in an instant, uh then you can uh find us on there as well. Uh while we're at it, let's uh let's check. I see a little red light flashing on uh on our voicemail machine. So let's let's see what's going on here.
2: Message for me.
0: Uh, let's see. Here we go.
2: Hey, this is Kristen. I just wanted to call in and say that I really enjoy listening y'all's perspective about the Lightning. Um, Anyways, so now that we've gone a week and a half without hockey, I'm excited that we're going to have some hockey again to watch tonight. Um, I'm just wondering, do you think that um, Coop is going to make any adjustments now that uh, he found out that we're playing the Rangers? Also, are you all concerned about the fact that Braden Point isn't playing tonight and that he might not be playing in this series? And then, just as a side note, unrelated, do you think that Yanni Gord will ever come back to the Lightning? Because I really need him to come back. And then, um, also, as another unrelated note, as a Tampa sports fan, does it drive you crazy as much as it drives me crazy watching the Rays play the Yankees at home and hearing all the cheering in the background? Like, I... I can't even watch it sometimes because of how much noise is going on when the Rays are playing the Yankees at home. It just drives me nuts. Anyways, I look forward to hearing your next podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week.
0: So uh, let's, let's start backwards on that one. And thank you very much, Kristen, for, uh, for calling in and, and uh, giving us some stuff to talk about. This will kill at least 10 minutes. <laughs> so uh, to, to to answer your last question first, uh, absolutely, it drives me nuts. I can't stand it because uh, Tampa is essentially New York South. It's Toronto South. It's Boston South. Everywhere, you know, here, here's the funny thing about people from, from up there, and this is just me going on a little mini rant here. You know, they hate where they're at they hate it so much that they want to move to a nice warm climate where you can be a little bit more free and, and feel a little bit better about life. Uh, but yet they, they, they want to bring their shit ass culture, uh, from up there down here. Or, uh, you you know, if you can also look at it as like, Hey, my second cousin's roommate's got a cleaner that is like a diehard uh Yankees fan. So, you know, it's kind of like in my blood. Like I just eat, sleep, and breathe Yankees because of that, you know? Or or like a a friend of mine from from um actually a loose acquaintance that I used to work with was from the panhandle of Florida. Um, so like a I think Destin or somewhere in that, around in that area. Uh and he was a diehard Buccaneers fan. I was like, hey, we're Bucks fans. Yeah, sweet. Cause I'm from Central Florida. You know, I grew up there. Uh, and I'm like, hey, are you a Ray's fan too? He's like, nah, Red Sox. I'm like, what? Why? It's like, oh, I married, you know, I married into a, a Boston family. You know, like my wife is a diehard Red Sox fan. So it's like, you know, you, you never really know what it's like until you you, you, you know, that when you feel that in your blood. I'm like, did you take her last name too while you were at it? <laughs> so yeah, it absolutely drives me nuts. But you know what? That's our fault. That's not their fault. That's our fault because we can't fill the trap. Like we can't get, we can't get people to go. People don't go. So who does go? The people that are super passionate, the ones that, you know, found the the Yankees hat at the circle K around the corner, you know, (laughs) those people are going to go. Tampa fans don't go to baseball and it sucks. Um, We don't have that issue nearly as much uh, in hockey, thankfully, uh, with with Vinick putting the, the, you know, working on the uh, downtown area and fixing up the arena and and like us going through crazy sellouts and stuff. There's going to be a battle chant back and forth on uh, uh, Sunday whenever we play the first game down here. Because
1: it comes with the territory. Like we're Tampa, you know, it's, it's just the demographic of it, you know, ha- having that empty uh Tropicana field, it really doesn't help. But yeah, every I, I swear there are more Yankee Yankees fans in the Tampa area than there are Rays fans in it. It's kind of a shame, and I know that the Rays are still kind of a young franchise, but it's like people that have lived here their entire lives. Like, I've got this one buddy Gavin who uh, uh who, who called in what's her name, Kristen. Um, she probably heard Gavin scream and for Aaron judge. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's ex Marine. He knows how to use his voice and he was, he's biggest Aaron judge fan. So, um, sorry, sorry, Kristen on Gavin's behalf. Um,
0: well, it also doesn't help when it, when it comes to baseball, it also doesn't help that Tampa has been spring training, uh, or, or, or the Yankees have been spring training in Tampa for years upon years upon years. So, and that was happening before the Rays became a team. The Rays became a team in 1998. The, the Yankees were already spring training in Tampa at the time. And a lot of people in Florida, because Florida didn't have a baseball team at the time, like the Marlins started in 1993. Uh, so before that, there was spring training. And so you were a fan of whatever team was spring training in your area. And, you know, to, to an extent, like I grew up in a, in, a, in a terrible town called Winter Haven, right in dead center of the state. And the Red Sox were a spring training there for a long time. So I know some Red Sox fans that grew up in Winter Haven, but they moved away before, you know, they changed teams. Because, like, we did have for four years, we had the Cleveland. Uh, at the time, they were the Indians. Now they're the Guardians. We had them during the World Series years. Um, but, you know, once we actually made a team, it didn't help also that the the Devil Rays at the time, uh, which who, who were they were owned by a guy named Vince Namoli, they, they they were notoriously just they were just bad. They spent no money, um, and they were just bottom of the barrel for it was the first ten years of their existence. They didn't actually field a good team until they changed ownership and they changed management. And then in two thousand eight, you know, all the stars aligned and they went to the World Series. They went from they went from bottom of the barrel to the World Series. And ever since two thousand eight, they've had a couple bad years, but we've been consistently good ever since like on you know our bads are not nearly as bad as they used to be uh but the problem still remains that we still spend no money and so we don't have anybody there's no household names for for kids to latch onto we we just now this year before this year started gave out an incredibly long contract to Wander Franco who is are going to be our star going forward for hopefully the next decade Um, they gave, they, they wheeled out the, the, the money wheelbarrow for him. So hopefully that starts to change. Cause imagine you're a little kid. What do you do? You don't, you don't care about the team. You care about the player. You didn't put team stuff on your wall. You put player stuff on your wall. Right. So hopefully that changes. We went off on a big time diatribe that has nothing to do with hockey. So let's keep going (laughs) uh, backwards through, through your, your questionnaire, Kristen, until we get to. Uh, the actual uh, hockey part here. Uh, do you think Yanni Gord will ever come back because she really needs him to come back? What do you what do you, What say you, Gannon?
1: I'm sorry, Kristen. I don't see it happening. As much as I'd love for Gordo to come back, I mean he he's 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 not old. I mean he's what 30, 31, or something. But he's he's on the wrong side of the age, on the age curve there. Um, what I've seen a lot of. Um, air quotes uh, Kraken fans, uh, saying recently is, you know, now that Mark Giordano's gone, they want Gord to be captain. And I got... (laughs) I'm polling for him. I I've, I went on a couple of Kraken posts and I said, give Gord the C, You know, uh, as much as I'd like to have him back, it'd be great for him to actually be the captain. I mean, he's got he's got the the leadership ability. He's got the know-how. He's got the skill. He, he's he's almost the perfect fit for it. And there's a couple other players that, uh, you know that that would be a good fit for it. But I think. Gord, i mean he he just he never takes a shift off he's the ultimate you know he's 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 an ultimate leader he's a great team player i i, I could see him becoming the captain and, and you know i wouldn't say necessarily playing the rest of his career there but at least for the next four to five years i can see him staying in seattle i well, mean he, he is a he, he is a treasured piece in tampa and there's a reason why seattle took him
0: well, I can say that having lived in Seattle for five years, all he has to do is get to know the people for a little bit, and he'll want like he'll want out. He'll probably start asking for trade. <laughs> <laughs> it won't take long. So, uh, Kristen, just uh, you know, hold hold on to hope uh, that he that he uh, starts to 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 experience the freeze. Uh, yeah, I, like, I could
1: be totally wrong, but um, I, I'd still be. I, I still just can't see him coming back to Tampa. I mean, he he's won his Cups here. He was here for a solid four-ish years. Um, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, go get the bag. I mean, you know, he hasn't had his, you know... He's not one of those players that's going to be like a huge free agent or anything like that. But, you know, when his next deal does expire, I'm sure he's going to get plenty of good offers from plenty of teams. And I just can't see the Lightning resolving a cap situation by then, you know, to where they can pay what... His contract will be demanding. There's going to be new players. Yeah, I mean, this is still a couple of years away. I think he's still got at least two years left on his deal, maybe three. But uh, no, again, I I can't see him coming back to Tampa. Uh, uh yeah i hate to break it to you but at the same time we've got a great team you know there's no reason to really be looking back and begging for Gord. we still got a team that's in the conference finals right now uh support support him independently again you know again i was uh advocating for him to get get the c but um yes i'm sorry i'm sorry to break it to you Kristen.
0: well her other questions involved uh last night's game uh, because she did uh, leave us this voicemail before the game started so um you know, are we concerned about uh, Braden Point not playing tonight? And do you think Coop will make any adjustments? Uh, well, the answer to uh, both of those questions would be, um, well, actually, the the answer to the, to, to the Coop question is uh, yes, he's definitely going to make some adjustments now, uh, and yes, we're also concerned uh, that Braden Point is not playing. Uh, we we kind of I think had an idea that he probably you know is not going to play this series at all. Um, here's the thing about last night, folks. Look, we were always going to lose that game. It Had we won that game, would have been some kind of crazy stroke of luck. Like New York would have had to trip over their own skates for us to win that game. Why? Because, folks, we took nine days off. Nine. Nine days. Let me give you some perspective as to how long nine days is. I read a book this one time that said, that the world was created in seven days, right? And it was created by some dude named Jesus. So if you don't play hockey in nine days, you're not going to know how to play when you finally get back on the ice. And you know what? They didn't know how to play last night, but I guarantee you they're going to know how to play tomorrow night. <laughs> All it takes is a few hits. Like New York was, here's the good thing last night was probably about as good as the New York, Texas Rangers can play. That's probably about as good as they can play. And much like we said at the beginning of the Toronto series, that's probably about as bad as we can play. So we've got them both out of the way now. And the actual series is going to start in game two. Gannon,
1: go. I'm, I'm going to half disagree with you. Um, I agree with you in the fact that yeah that's probably as good as New York will play, but I don't think that we played all that bad. You know, there there were definitely I know the you know 6-2 score it's kind of scary, but I don't think that's indicative of how they played. I think they just got eaten alive on a couple of bad mistakes you make when you when you're rusty and you're out of sync, which is to be expected when you have 9 days off and guys still, you know, not even i i not even that's still not even enough time for a lot of these injuries to heal you know and a matter of fact you know they can get worse over that span um to be fair you know i think everybody you know looked a lot healthier i want to say than in like game 4 you could see you know they were in just kind of a more defense mode let's just stick this through Vazzy's carrying us you know we knew nick paul was banged up sergachev was banged up um hagel as well but i think everybody Everybody looked willing. I just didn't see that they were that they were willing. Um, if that makes any any sense at all. But again, I I think that the Lightning they they definitely can play worse than what they did. They were still getting a lot of good shots, good chances. They were shutting a lot of plays down. But again, you know, it was that 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 very first goal. That I can't remember who scored it. Chris Kreider. Uh it was Chris Kreider that first goal. Yes, he was he was wide yes, you're, he you're was correct. wide
0: open because mm-hmm. uh, Bogo went one way uh, instead of yeah. going the other.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it was Kucherov backchecking on whoever passed it
0: to it was, Kreider. Uh, Micah, uh, Mika Mika Zabanajad
1: Okay, yeah, I mean that's a deadly duo right there, and it, it was it was a mistake at center ice from Ryan McDonough, but it, you know it's not a mistake that you just cannot completely recover from. We had Kucherov back checking on Mika Zabanajed, who ultimately he he couldn't lift his stick, he couldn't disrupt the pass or anything, but Bogo sold hard like he. I don't, I don't know why he went to Kucherov's man. I get it. That's a forward playing defense, but still like cover your guy. You left him wide open. You know, it was just kind of two small mistakes that turned into one big one. And you know, that, that was, it kind of not really set. It didn't set the tone of the game, but it was the theme of the game. Just, you know, couple of small mistakes that New York is going to capitalize on every single time.
0: It was – Kreider was open for, like, a half an hour after Bogo committed. Yeah. Like, he just <laughs> – I mean, honestly, I don't even play hockey, and I could make that shot on Vasi probably because you have all day. <laughs> you know, he, you
1: got to lift the puck <laughs> to make that shot.
0: <laughs> That's true, too. i got to figure <laughs> out how to put on skates first. Uh, it, it You can tell when a team is crisp and when a team isn't. Our team especially, because – we're so skillful that things have to move incredibly smoothly. Passes have to go tape to tape. Um, It's got to be tic-tac-toe. If you can see that they're not doing that, it's going to be a long night and nine days will do that to you. You can scrimmage all you want, but it's not a game. And here's the thing, Mm -hmm. like New York they're, they're on a, an absolute high. They're on an absolute momentum high. They won a second series in seven games. They've now won seven straight at home. It, it was a tall order from the beginning. But this is why you play a seven-game series, and this is also why you play two games in that arena. Like, the, the Lightning don't play two bad games in a row. If we have a second bad game in this series, like if if we come out on Friday or tomorrow night and look like dog doo doo again, then yeah, there's a little cause for concern. But because we're what 18 and 0 right now, following a loss since uh, 2020, so hold on. I've got the perfect, I've got the perfect uh, way to think about it. Stand by. Standing by. R E L A. <laughs> relax. We're going to be okay. Exactly. Thank you, Rogers. I wouldn't worry about it, folks. Don't worry about it until you play two bad games in a row. Just discount yeah. last night even happened.
1: If if I was a betting man, if single game bets were legal in Florida, I would have put a lot of money on New York. I mean, it like like you said, I mean just everything culminating uh, you you could see the writing on the wall. Uh yeah, 9 days off versus a team who who is on an incredible high right now and they've got all the momentum in MSG, one of the loudest buildings out of 32. Um anybody could see it coming. I didn't think it would be that bad. But again, you know, it, like I I knew that the Rangers were winning that game, bef- you know, from The day before, everybody kind of knew. And I'm not worried. I know you're not worried. I know a lot of people are worried, but uh, they know that they shouldn't be. I mean, this is not anything unfamiliar to the Lightning. You know, we we had the same conversation uh, in round one, game one. I, I think it was a little more apathetic. And I think that game was much worse on the Lightning's part than, you know, what was played tonight or last night. Yeah, that game one in Toronto. I mean, that was just abysmal. And you know, even still, you know, we we came out victorious on the series, and we we played much much better in game two. There were still a lot of flaws and holes that that were exposed. But as the series went on, we we tightened up a little bit. There was, you know, still lost three games out of that series. But again, you know, all that matters is we we won and we we adapted. And, again, it's not unfamiliar territory for the Lightning. We lost Game 1 against Boston in 2020. We lost Game 1 against the Islanders in 2021. I've got the list somewhere. I can't remember all of them. But, (sighs) yeah, it's not unfamiliar territory at all. And, again, you know, it'll take a game to to knock the rust off. I mean – in my my prediction before before last night was Bolts and six. You gotta lose at least two. So again, I'm not worried if there's any team that can just switch on and off as they please. It's this team. Don't give up hope. Don't give up any kind of faith or anything like that. I am I'm, I'm predicting a, a win tomorrow. It might not be dominating or anything like that, but I'm predicting a win for tomorrow because again, you know, this team, they can shake it off. Vasilevsky, especially, he can shake it off. Obviously, in the moment he he he's upset. He's you know, he's pissed off that he let in six goals. But they were all five of them were good goals. That Frank Vitrano goal, that was kind of weak, but again, you know it, it, the, the the defense kind of left him Hung out to dry there, but it still was kind of a weak goal. But again, this team does not dwell on it. They they, they just look right past it and get on to the next game, and they, that, that next game could not come soon enough.
0: I'll tell you one point of contention I did have um, early in the second period, and I understand I've watched – the lightning long enough and I've watched hockey long enough in general to know that the refs do indeed swallow their whistles as it gets later and later in the playoffs, you get less and less and less. The one that I felt was the most glaring that absolutely could have and should have been called was the breakaway by, um, Sorelli and Palat and Sorelli straight up got slashed right on the hands they went slow motion uh, after the play. Uh, it wound up being Sorelli passing to Palat and the and and uh, I don't know who was back. I think it was Truba um, yeah, that got sure. his, that 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 intercepted the pass basically, and and uh, and didn't get to Pelat for the for the tap in. But when they were showing that slow motion, there's that that stick. I mean, it was right on his hands. It was about as clear cut as you could get. That should have been a penalty right there, and that was early enough. In the second period, it was still a one-one game at that point. Maybe that changes something, maybe it doesn't. But I want to see some things like it. I don't I I like it when they swallow their whistles, but I want to see some obvious shit like that get called.
1: What I don't understand is that so last year, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets, and what mcdavid was really frustrated with and a lot of other players were frustrated with too is like it was a common theme everybody knew that yeah refs swallow the whistles they don't call shit in the playoffs and so when you've got players like mcdavid and dry saddle, like superstars saying call the game by the book and that's what they did. That's what they did for the first two series. Like we saw in that Toronto series, they were calling everything. They were not shy to give anybody a penalty. Um there were some weak calls that went both ways. Um but they 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 did exactly as they were asked to call the game by the book. And and from what I've seen in game 1 is that they're they're calling it old school. I mean, there were you know, I and you have to pick one. I'm I'm fine with either call the rule book or or call nothing, but you can't have both. Especially in like in in a different series, you cannot have both. There were a lot of missed slashes, hooks. There weren't any just like major, major like penalties that were obvious to anybody. But there were a lot of things that I think New York was just sneaky enough to get away with. They were interfering just enough. Um... I, I do think the Lightning got away. They got away with one real bad interference early in the game, um, but there was there was that hold on, Hagel. Yeah, that was a hold on Hagel, which I mean that was it was the not, first penalty of you
0: know, the game. Yeah,
1: and yeah, they scored on that one. I want to say, but there there were. Plenty others in the in this entire game that mimicked exactly what Hagel did, and that they, they went uncalled. I'm not blaming the refs on this game at all. I, I I'm really not a big fan of blaming the refs at all. But again, call it one way or the other, you cannot have both.
0: I got to tell you, this to me is the referee's fault. <laughs> there was only four penalties, not counting uh, the uh, melee with uh, at uh, 18-14 in the third period. So uh, four penalties, there was the Hegel one, um, and then, uh, two on, two on New York and one on, uh, one on us in the third, uh, cologne. Uh, and then at, at eighteen fourteen, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. 11 (laughs) penalties. Uh, All of them for roughing, except Barkley Goodrow got two roughing and (laughs) (laughs) cross-checking. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I don't know. I just saw that slash, and I was like, come on. That's bad. That's real bad.
1: I'm going to be brutally honest here. It was 6-2. I didn't turn the game off, but I directed my attention elsewhere, and i'm i missed the entire scrum i um you know i saw a couple of replays or anything but i i did not see it from start to finish could you just summarize spark note like like what happened i i know it's been kind of a big deal i've seen a lot of posts about it and whatever so take I'm a guess that who, take, i missed it.
0: take a guess who was in the middle of it
1: pat maroon ryan reeves
0: disagree take a, take another guess
1: Anthony Sorelli, Jacob
0: Truba. How are you? No, how are you like missing the obvious? Corey answers? Perry, Corey yes, Perry. Come on. Like, <laughs> where, where have you been this year? <laughs> Ross Colton was in on it. Um That was my next guest. Yeah, there was some there was some good good stuff going. You know what it reminded me of? I can't remember the details of it, it was just a bunch of hugging. You know who, who? So nothing like important
1: or like crazy happening. No, it just, you know, just typical scrum.
0: Yeah, just just one team incredibly frustrated at the score, and the other team buying into it. And and so, what it reminded me of actually um, was game one or game two of the 2015 first round against the D- Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> that it it actually started to remind me of that a little bit. There were some like accidental renaissance photos of of that um of that scrum when Detroit and Tampa got into it. I'm pretty sure I can't remember that which was when they game had- of the series it was. It was either it was either one or two, but there was an absolute full out melee brawl in one of the first two games of that series.
1: I remember that. They had that Big as dog pile. I remember. I forget who was on the bottom of. It. I think Val Filippo was, who played for both those teams. Um, which I've got to note about him a little later. But let's stay on topic. Um, that was a great series. That that 2015 Detroit series. Um, and yeah, that that was kind of a bloodbath as well. But if it's reminiscent of that, I mean, I, I guess I'll take it.
0: It wasn't quite as. Um as picturesque as that one was, it was a little, uh, it was a little more backyard brawly than that. But it just, mm-hmm. as I was watching it, that's just what I was reminded of. I was like, oh yeah, remember when we got beat in like game one of of the series against Detroit that year? Because every series that year went seven games, and mm-hmm. I remember we definitely lost the first one because I was sitting in the bar getting hammered watching it. And I was sitting next to a guy who used to work for like the Red Wings media department or something like that. And we were talking a little bit about it. Uh, This was in Seattle and we were talking about Philpola and and Philpola being at the bottom of it, of course, because he used to be a Red Wing prior to being on the lightning. So it was funny to talk about that. But yeah, it was just a big, uh, just a big scrum. You know, it it would quiet down for a second and then it would flame back up. And then it it was, it was the kind of scrum where there was so many people in it that uh the ref would name he named like one or two people and then he goes all the rest 2 minutes for roughing like he didn't even have <laughs> enough time to like list all the people out like everyone else just go and it was late enough that everyone just went to the locker room at that point mm-hmm. <laughs> just throw
1: out a bunch of 10-minute misconducts
0: pretty much uh, yeah mm-hmm. I mean, there were no 10 minutes but it was all like cl- it was close enough they they're all just like early showers just go mhm yeah anyways that <laughs> I, was I that was the end the, of the game.
1: Uh, what I did catch was, you know, you know, 10 players on each team or, you know, five players on each team. I'll, I'll have a dance partner. They're all up against the boards and the poor linesman trying to separate, you know, 10 different people.
0: Yeah, I don't know which one um, was one of them got straight up just dropped right on the ice. Like he just got it w- sandwiched.
1: And what, what I saw was Wes McCauley, hands on his hips, just watching the whole thing happen. Like, oh, my God. I'm like, let's go.
0: <laughs> Thought so, that was
1: funny. You know, just let the linesman break it up.
0: Did you have a uh, did you have a media blackout day today? I almost did. I did listen to uh, Stroud's podcast this morning, um which because honestly like I generally I only have the media blackout if I'm like truly disappointed in in the result. But because I went into the game last night thinking to myself we're probably going to lose, I don't feel quite as bad about looking at stuff. I would listen to him because I kind of know what him and Versnick are going to say, but I didn't like listen to ESPN or any of those people um, or look at anything else. But did you uh, do a media blackout?
1: I didn't completely abstain. I did kind of in the morning and then, you know, on my lunch break, just kind of going through my phone, whatever. And I'd, I'd look at, you know, some of the some of the highlights from the Rangers. And, you know, most of the time I won't even read the comments or anything because it's always Rangers in four, you know, the, up, you know, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, uppercase, both in four, you know, shit like that. But um, it, it, it was a little bit quicker today to be able to stomach it. And again, you know, I like you said, we all kind of knew the outcome, you know, uh, we, we figured that they were going to lose. So it, it was a little bit easier to stomach. So my, my abstinence didn't last quite as long as it, it normally would.
0: All right. Fair enough. I don't really know what else to say about this game other than wash it from your memories. Um, <laughs> the, the block total was down. Um, we only had 14 blocks for uh for the game which isn't really very much uh we shot uh 39 times uh igor saved 37 of them they shot 34 times um you're not going to see vassy give up six too often uh, i don't know how much uh it gets into his head when you start chanting igor is better I don't know if uh, New York just has like a really short memory, or if they're just like on the newest bandwagon. Shisterkin's good; he's a damn good goalie, sure. But you know, I think he's got a little bit of uh, work to do to uh, catch up. To say he, he
1: is a damn good goalie, and he was the best goalie this this year by far, without a doubt. But one thing that I only figured out last week is that Igor Shisterkin is twenty six years old. Andrei Vasilevsky is 27 years old. And if you want to compare the two's careers, two Stanley Cups, a Vezina, a Conn Smythe Trophy, has led the league in wins or has been tied for the league in wins the last five or six years. I think it's five years. I, they, they, they're comparable, but they don't compare. You ask any reputable source who you would rather start your franchise with, I would guarantee you that ninety-eight percent of them would tell you Andre Vasilevsky. There is no debate, and like I, he's still so young, which is still so crazy to me. Twenty-seven is nothing in goalie years, but I, I like I've never heard such a consensus in all of Andre Vasilevsky's career that he is not only the best goalie in the league right now. But he could be on the goalie Mount Rushmore by the time his career is over. He is up there competing with the likes of Patrick Waugh, with Dominic Hasek, with Martin Brodeur. I mean, it's crazy. You're watching history in the making, and I'm not. I'm not trying to disparage uh, Igor Shesterkin or New York fans or anything like that. But they they don't compare. They're comparable, but you 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 start to look. You start to look, and it, it, it's it's brutally obvious who the better goaltender is. And I get it. and he hasn't been in the NHL too terribly long. He spent a lot of years in the KHL. And, you know, his first couple of years, they weren't great. But, you know, when you're a rookie goaltender playing in North American ice, it's different. There's, there's a lot of, you know, different parts of, you know, the, the KHL and NHL, despite playing the same exact sport, they're very, very different on how they play. So... <laughs> Does does
0: the KHL have the trapezoid or not? I don't believe so.
1: I don't watch any KHL games, but the trapezoid rule is still so dumb. Um,
0: But what I I I I heard is— I disagree with that, but we'll get to that in a minute. Go ahead.
1: All right, all right. Um, But I guess goaltending and and just the way hockey is played— in the KHL it's a lot looser they they're not so afraid to take any shot they have available there's a lot more they they, they get it, they average a lot more shots on goal per game whereas like NHL hockey it's a lot more methodical a lot more dump and chase and defense and whereas you know KHL it's a lot more offense nobody's afraid to take shots you know if you got the if you got the your puck on your stick for more than like 3 seconds that's way too long uh there's major differences and that could be playing to um, to Vazy's strengths. But again, you know, Igor, great goalie. He's going to have a great career ahead of him. If he beats the Lightning in this series, I'm still one hundred percent taking Vasilevsky over Igor in any situation on any team on any day. It's literally you know apples and oranges Schusterkin again great goalie but you cannot compare the two that's my rant I'm done I'm sorry
0: <laughs> how can you take the KHL seriously when they play in China
1: God hey Andre Schuster used to play for that China team
0: There's a, the team is in Beijing like noted hockey town Beijing <laughs> <laughs> so why, 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 do you, why do you hate the trapezoid rule Well, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's
1: like, I, I dislike rules where, where a player was so good at doing something, they had to neutralize that player. It's it's the Martin Brodeur trapezoid, and he was, he was so good at playing his goaltending position outside of the net. He's one of the best puck handlers in the league. He's got two goals I want to say which is incredible um so they, they he was literally like a third defenseman out there and he would always be the first one to the puck on dump ins whatever especially against you know playing the the early 2000s devils I mean that was the most boring brand of hockey dead puck dump and chase era that there ever has been And you, again when he was so good that he is not only the best goaltender on the planet, he's also an offensive threat. Um, I, I just think, I just think it's silly that the rule was made around one person who was so good at what he did they had to neutralize him.
0: But if that brand of boring of hockey is so boring, and then other players learn how he does that, wouldn't that make for an overall incredibly boring league? No,
1: no, I don't think so.
0: You don't think so? No, I don't know. I think it would. I think if every player studied up on Brodeur and, and, uh, and how they would get out there and basically just hold the puck outside the trapezoid way back in the corner, I I don't know. I like, I like, I kind of like that they can't touch it unless you're, unless they're in front of the line or in the box. I kind of dig that. It It makes for, it makes for races. Like they got to go and race. Uh, you know, to, to prevent icing. I kind of dig the, the little drag races they have. I don't know. I kind of like <laughs> it. I could go either way. Honestly, it's fine. I could go either way. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 don't want, I, I like more scoring and not less.
1: I see what you mean. And that was kind of the issue because the NHL was trying its hardest and still is to this day to increase offense. But at the same time, when you've got a goaltender that is – you know, great at playing the puck and acting like a third defenseman who can send stretch passes to your your first forward up the ice that beats the entire rest of the team. That's
0: offense. They can do that now. They just have to do they it. In, they just they're have just to more, do it in so front of the line. They can. They're just so much more limited. Well, and they're wearing a hell of a lot more gear. <laughs> it feels like they're it feels like they're built up a lot more. Like it it just the the goalies of old versus the goalies now. You look at how much padding they're wearing and how much bigger they are. Um it just feels like they're not agile enough to do that. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> would you would you agree with that or, or disagree? Because like they the goalies used to not wear a lot of stuff, right? They were they were thin and they were not that big.
1: Oh yeah. Like like way back in the day or really not even that long ago but like let's say the 80s i mean these the pads that they were wearing were not much bigger than their their actual legs um you know nowadays they're wearing i think it's on average like 60 pounds of equipment or something um and we still see they're they're plenty able they're plenty agile you know again let's take a great example andre vasilevsky he's six five um yeah, 6'5", I want to say, wearing 60 pounds of equipment. He's as acrobatic and athletic as as Jonathan Quick or any other, you know, smaller goalie who's known for their athleticism. I think it just, you know, if you've got players trying to emulate Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur, there's going to be room for errors. And there already is plenty of errors when it comes to that trapezoid rule. If they can't play the puck, there's a lot of mix-ups and, you know, who's getting the puck or whatever else. A lot of mistakes happen as well. So, you know, it is it is kind of a double-edged sword, but I still think it is just kind of a silly rule. Um, Not as, not as silly as the instigator rule, but it's up there.
0: Elaborate on the instigator rule.
1: Oh, it's just the stupidest thing. If you, um, like, Jacob Truba blows up Nikita Kucherov, and Pat Maroon goes over to go answer for that hit on Nikita Kucherov, Pat Maroon's going to get an extra two minutes for instigating the fight. So it, it's literally the don't stick up for your teammate rule. Don't start your fight. Don't start any fight rule. It, it, to me, that, that that's just bogus. You don't see a lot of it anymore because it's been around for quite a while now. Um, I don't know exactly when they instated it, but that I know that is everybody's least favorite rule. And I understand why you have to have it and whatever else, but we can do without it.
0: I was going to say I, that I don't recall seeing it that often. You you don't see we we there was an
1: instigator late in the regular season I forget who it was against us um but I forget who we were playing um you don't see it called very often a lot of the time they won't even say instigator they'll just throw an extra 2 minutes they won't go and announce it but to me that that that's pretty much 99% of the hockey world's least favorite rule the trapezoid closely follows behind and I agree with all of it
0: I I'm, I, not, I'm I, not a big fan of embellishment um well I I actually let me let me let me preface that by saying that I think that um, a if you're gonna call embellishment it has to be a you need to be calling that after looking at the tablet you can't call an embellishment right away like if mm. you th- if you think there's an embellishment on the play that you would call right out you should verify that on the on the replay because I think there's so many situations where it's clearly not embellishment. Like how can you, like a couple of the Nick Paul things in, in a previous series in this playoffs, like when they would call an embellishment, like that's clearly not an embellishment, but he gets it anyways. But if they took 10 seconds and they went over and looked at the they look at everything else. So take 10 seconds. Like, Oh, we'll call an embellishment on that too.
1: I, I, Again, I'm going to half agree with you. Um, I think they should be able to review them and be able to take an embe- embellishment penalty off. I don't think they should be able to review and hand out a penalty because they all re- refs are already not allowed to do that or very seldomly allowed to do that on very specific plays where they can look at something and call a penalty. Um, but again, for like 90, 95% of all penalties called, they, they call them in real time and they cannot rescind it. Like with high sticking, they, they, if they see that, um, yeah, if they see that it was, let's say they call a four minute high stick, you know, double minor, the guy's bleeding or whatever, but he, he, didn't He actually did not get high stick. He was bleeding from something else, and we've seen it a couple of times this playoffs. I can't remember exactly, but the call on the ice is a four-minute high stick. They're allowed to review that and drop it back down to a minor penalty, even if it hits the guy's shoulder. That's not a high stick. So they're allowed to review that and take the extra two minutes off, but they cannot completely nullify the the, the penalty so even if the, if it hits the guy's waist and they call it a high stick a double minor high stick they can only get rid of two minutes not the entire four minutes um, as far as you know going back and looking at an embellishment penalty and calling a penalty after watching a replay that just opens up a whole can of worms with every other call and penalty in the book there's gonna be a lot more it's gonna slow the game down it's gonna be a lot more black and white which i know that's what a lot of people ask for but at the same time they don't want to slow the games down anymore they want less reviews that's why there's penalties for uh bad reviews now it it, ju- it, ju- it just opens up a whole new chapter and a whole new can of worms of of what if this then or what if that then
0: okay how about this make embellishment reviewable in terms of like to make, take or, the penalty or, off m- i'll m- agree me make it make it I t- I'll, let me rephrase make it challengeable I'll go with that. The coach can challenge it
1: to to take a penalty away.
0: Yeah, like let's say, okay, uh, um, so and so two minutes for tripping, and uh, Nick Paul, uh, number twenty, Tampa, two minutes for embellishment. And John Cooper has the tablet, and he's like, "That wasn't embellishment." Hey, we're going to challenge that. And then they got to go over and look and go, "Okay, yeah, no, he actually got hit," or something along those lines. Like, make it. I'm fine with that. Make it challengeable.
1: I'm fine with that. Like, um, you'll probably remember this not very long ago. Um, in the 2020 finals, it was Braden Point got speared in the groin by none other than Cory Perry. Surprise. Um it was I can't remember which game it was. I think it was game five or four. Um he got yeah, he got speared in the groin, and that hurts. Uh I'm sure you know that hurts. And they called Corey Perry for spearing or slashing, doesn't really matter, and they called Braden Point for, for embellishment. embellishment.
0: Yep, I remember that exactly. He, he
1: was laying on the ice ho- holding his boys. I mean, like, that's not anything anybody wants to embellish. He got him good. And, again, as a big Corey, Fer- Corey Perry fan before he was on the Lightning, um, I mean, he 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 hit him. He whacked him. He knew what he was doing. That was his intention. Um, he didn't get, you know, a whole good old golf swing on him, but he still got him. And and they called they called Braden Point for embellishment. And everybody on earth, not even just the Lightning Bench, not John Cooper, everybody on earth thought it was such a bogus call because it is. And it was. And that's why I can still remember it two years later.
0: Yep. So that one you get challenged. You challenge that one and, you, and they throw it out.
1: Right. NHL, if you're listening.
0: Yeah. Hey, guys. Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> leave some, a voicemail. We need some, yeah. Leave a voicemail. We need some personal emails. Gary, send, send this out here. <laughs> oh man, so uh, yeah, game two. Let's see, game two tomorrow night. Uh, I don't like that uh, ESPN has it versus TNT. TNT's doing the West and ESPN's doing the East. Although I will say this, actually, let me let me say that I'm actually very impressed with Sean McDonough. Uh, so the, the main team for ESPN in-game for these series is Sean McDonough uh, as play-by-play and um, Ray Ferraro as, uh, as um, in the glass. I like that combination. And I'm saying this as someone who used to really not like Sean McDonough.
1: That's putting it nicely.
0: I think he looks like Dobby the house elf from Harry Potter. <laughs> he was so bad on Monday Night Football back in the day with uh, John Gruden. John Gruden was fine. Um, he is his own special kind of person. He 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 can be his own show. Like, I'm not counting John Gruden in this. McDonough was awful at football. He was real bad. But you know what? I think Wait, he's... John Gruden did TV? John Gruden was on Monday Night Football with... Um, he was on it with Mike Tirico. And then when Mike Tirico went to NBC, um, Sean McDonough took over with... Uh, John Gruden, and it was the two of them before John Gruden went back to coaching. Uh, uh,
1: okay, so I'm going to go off on a side tangent question real quick. Is sure. John Gruden the John Tortorella of the NFL?
0: Well, no, because Tortorella can still work. <laughs> John Gruden can't. He won't get a job okay. in the NFL again. Tor, Tortorella, that, Tortorella will absolutely get a job coaching in the NHL again, for sure. Like He will be mm-hmm. coaching... As soon as I'm, someone I'm just calls. talking about like per
1: like personality and coaching wise, like very outspoken,
0: brash. Yes I no. Douchey. Gr- Gruden wasn't douchey. He was silly. He was weird.
1: That was the wrong word to use.
0: He was. Tortorella is an asshole, and people will say he's an asshole, and that's you know like that whole situation. Um, uh, what with the his last year in Columbus with the guy that he ultimately got traded. Who was it? The multiple name guys. No. Um the guy oh, with Luc Dubois. Yeah, the guy with three names.
1: Um, yeah, that shift. It was against the lightning to uh
0: they, so you that. know he'll do stuff like that. Gruden was just he was just different. Like his style of coaching was just he was like Joe Madden, but a little less grateful dead and more weird Al Yankovic, if you will. But he was he was an amazing he was an amazing analyst for Monday night football. Like he was fantastic at analyzing the, f- the football game and him and Tarico doing Monday night football. It was great. But then Mike Tarico got a gazillion dollars to go work at NBC and be part of their, their team. And so they had an opening, but Gruden was still there. So they're like, let's give it to Dobby the house elf and Dobby the house elf at football was terrible. I mean, he was just not good. He was bland and like uh, 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 uh. he's got a very specific kind of voice. It's different than a lot of other people's voices. But I'm gonna say this playoffs, he's impressing the shit out of me doing uh, doing hockey. Like he's really good at it. He's uh, improved
1: a lot from earlier on this year.
0: I, you know what, I'm fine with it. Um, but he's, I think he's better than Bucci. And he's damn sure better. Than, he's there. damn sure better than Levy. Levy is Levy is good at, at in studio stuff. He sucks at play by play. And Bucci is good at in studio stuff and he sucks at play by play. McDonough is good at play by play. But I want like my dream for the rest of this playoffs would be like John Forslund with um maybe with John Forsland with Keith Jones in the glass. Give me those two and those two only.
1: Ah, Darren Pang.
0: All right, Panger's good too. All right, Panger's we'll, good. We'll go with all, all. you can interchange Keith Jones and Darren Pang, or have them both in the box. I yeah, well, don't they, care. yeah,
1: they they do the threes. So TNT, they, they do the three. Well, I guess both. Well, do the three, I just so. you
0: know, g- the, the 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 Kenny Albert Eddie O Keith Jones. I only like Keith Jones out of that combina- combination. I'm okay with Kenny Albert. He's fine. I'm I'm like kind of neutral on him. Eddie O irritates the shit out of me,
1: but. I'm 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 sixty forty with um what's his name Kenny Albert I like him um, Eddie O again I, I he just interrupts too much I, I'm not sure if we've had this conversation before but you know uh, Kenny he'll be in the middle of like a goal call and, and Eddie O will just come
0: and be like oh well blah 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 I got some tired guys on the ice. <laughs> that's that's yeah, his go-to. I got some, got something. You know, every one of them has their go-to. Like uh, Eddie O's is, oh, I got some tired guys of the lightning out there. And then uh, what was it? Bad penalty uh, coming you know, up. You got a uh, Pierre, Pierre Maguire was uh, was always like, uh, I'll remember that save. That was <laughs> that was Pierre Maguire's thing. I remember that one later. Um, but I'm I, yeah, I just wanted to say that I'm actually really impressed with Sean McDonough in this series so far, and in this playoff so far because I've watched some of the other games too. Uh, so if they keep it like this, I'm okay. I still would rather it be TNT, but if it's going to be ESPN, if it's Ferraro and and McDonough, I'm I'm okay with that. That's fine.
1: Uh, Ferraro's hit or miss with me. I I just hate how he's always shouting. I I, I have well, this I mean, one if you're, clip. You're, say- you're
0: you're in between. You're in between the glass. I mean, you probably think you have to be shouting at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody else can do it fine, but when it's Rafe Rhodes, oh, Mika jet, he just made that beautiful pass to Chris Kreider. I, I mean, like, again, I like Ray. He's a really smart guy, and he was a good player, but uh, he needs to tone is, it down is, a little bit. Is this
0: bit. his first time doing it?
1: No, no. He, he's, he's been with TSN for quite a while now. Has he? Okay. Um, and he's a great analyst. It's just the way he comes across. Like nothing against him at all. I I, I like him. He, he's better than most. But <laughs> I I'm just nitpicking. I have nothing against him.
0: What if, what if what if it was what if it was Sean McDonough and Leah Hextall and just those nope. two? Nope.
1: Nope. <laughs> yeah. What, what's what's your nightmare broadcast team?
0: Well, actually, you know what I, I mean. Um, I said last night on another social media network. I was like, that that Leah Hextall needs to take lessons from Emily Kaplan on how to ask somebody a question. Emily Kaplan is great. I think she's awesome. Oh, uh, Cap
1: Daddy's. She's awesome.
0: I like her a lot. And the way that she asks a question, it's like one sentence. And it's a short sentence. Leah Hextall asks like a half an hour worth of questions. And then her forehead just keeps going and going and going.
1: So, I, Wayne, are you soft?
0: It's so bad. It's so bad. She's so awful.
1: Everybody blew up the, so Wayne, are you soft? But that was like very tongue in cheek because that's, that's Ron Hextall's daughter, you know, Flyers goaltending legend. And she grew up, you know, in the city of Philadelphia and worked with uh, NBCSN Philly and grew up around wayne simmons like they know each other on a personal basis so that was just kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke question that everybody just blew it out way out of proportion i don't even you know, remember that i'm just like talking about her
0: on. i'm just talking about her question asking uh in general like i honestly would I you could, rather
1: her do play-by-play
0: oh my god I, that was it her doing that <laughs> flames game that flames and oilers game was it the Flames and Oilers that she did uh, a play-by-play in on in the playoffs? Yeah, she did a she did one earlier this earlier in this playoffs and it was the Flames. It was the Flames and somebody.
1: Oh, I'm not sure.
0: She did a play-by-play. It was I heard a clip of it and it was god awful.
1: I if you go on the comments if like they post it on Instagram or Twitter, it's like damn, this really hits on mute like everybody roasts her. I don't like I I don't know if this is no I, I just I don't mind her as a col- as a color analyst or interviewer between the benches, whatever you want to call her. Um, but play by play is not her strong suit. I again, nothing against her, nothing against like women in general. I just don't think she really has the the voice or tenacity for play by play. you know she she still has a lot to work on, but again, you know it, it's something she can work on at least.
0: And you know what you can work on? You can work on leaving us a voicemail like Kristen did earlier in the show. And you can do that by calling 727-416-0613. And uh, we'll play it on uh, the next show once we get it. You can also uh, email us if you don't want to call us. You can email us at thelightningrod one at com. That's the number one. Uh, You can hit us up on Twitter or the gram lightning rod pod uh, and we'll hopefully have a new website uh, in the coming days also uh, if you want to um, check out a new podcast app listen to us on the podcasting 2.0 you can uh, we are compliant with that uh, new standard that's uh, new podcast you can leave us some uh, some bitcoin donation if you feel like it we just do this for fun <laughs> Uh, and then we can say whatever we want because we don't have any sponsors or anything like that. No one gives us any money, so no one has to Fuck tell us. Fuck the Rangers. Yeah, exactly. The Texas, uh, New York, uh, Brooklyn Rangers, whatever the hell they are. Who knows? Yeah, we can
1: we can say shit that like the shit like the New York Rangers were named after the Texas Rangers.
0: Exactly, and not the cool Chuck <laughs> Norris kind either. The kind that used to be the Washington. The baseball teams. <laughs> uh the kind that the, the the texas rangers that were once owned by a u.s president george <laughs> w bush anyways uh what else you, what else you got before we uh we wrap this bad boy up are we at an hour already oh yeah we're over an hour time flies when you're having fun or you're commiserating
1: yeah we're having fun huh um <laughs> no uh no i've got a lot of my ranting out um uh, is there uh, you got any score prediction for tomorrow or anybody you think is going to score?
0: So I'm gonna go four to lightning. Uh, I'm gonna say goals by Andre Pilat and on uh, Anthony Sorelli, at least two of them um, will be those two. Uh, maybe you get a uh, I think one of them will be an empty netter. Um, who knows who gets that one. But I definitely think it'll be a, a a four to two, with the Lightning on top. They come back, you know, they come out on fire just like they did Game Two, and uh, and all will be right with the world again. How about you?
1: I got four one, two empty netters, two Nikita Kucherov goals.
0: Okay, all right.
1: I don't know. I don't know which ones he's gonna get. At least one. At least one with a goaltender in the net. I just I just think he got he got robbed time and time again last night. Nikita Kucherov, he he actually played a really good game. Uh he did kind of get lost in the shuffle. And one, you know, kind of last quick note is Nikita Kucherov, you know, we know he is fantastic. He's a top 5 player in the league when when he's healthy, when he's on. But one thing that I have noticed since early on in that Toronto series to now is he's, you know, he's by by no means is he a Defensive player or good at defense, but he's been he's been putting in a lot more effort on like back checks and forechecking. He's been playing a lot bigger than what he normally plays as. Um, so you know, credit to him. I think he's really you know adapting and advancing his defensive side of the game. So you know, good on him. But again, you know, last night I think he had I think he finished the game with like six shots on net and they were all great chances at least four of them were so i've got nikita kucherov
0: all right sounds good to me we will revisit this uh let's say we'll call it on maybe do something on saturday or something like that i'm not gonna make any promises but you'll hear from us again soon i will promise that for Gannon, i am johnny pipes and we will catch you on the flip peace